We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind podcast. Before we get things going this week, we have a quick message from our partners over at Prediction. Prediction is helping to give back for the holidays, support the Center for Educational Innovation to help give kids life skills through esports and gaming. You can help make a difference for Giving Tuesday by going to bit.ly backslash CEI esports. And now let's get started. Ah, what is going on, everybody? Hope we're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Hello, Zane. Hello, hello, Jakey boy. How uh, you doing? Uh, uh, I am great. How are you doing, my sir? Yeah, life is good, as always. Yeah, so uh, if you guys are new to the Esports Rewind Podcast, welcome back. If you're not new, what is up, peeps? What is good? If you guys could do us a favor this week, this time around, you want to leave a comment, want to leave a like, we greatly appreciate that. For all of you guys who are new, me and Zan come back here same time every single week and break down the latest and craziest Esports Esports, gaming, slash other news out there as well. So are you ready to jump into it, Zan? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for a ride. All right, Zan, we're going to talk about him time and time again. We have been over the past six months to ever since we probably started. That's going to be the likes of FaZe Clan themselves. Now... It's Ooh. actually an article you had linked to the me a while back. The Controversy Kings. Yes, the Controversy <laughs> Kings, a video coming sometime soon. Uh-huh. Uh, this podcast recorded, it comes out too. It's going to be very soon. TM, right. TM, TM. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we pre-record this uh-huh. podcast. Uh, either way, talking about FaZe Clan, though, actually brought up in the New York Times for the possibility of can they be the first billion-dollar esports org. And right away I was thinking, you know what? This is a perfect podcast segment because I am just curious overall. Uh, the open question to you guys in the comment section, but also to you, Zan, is first of which, in the next 
five to ten years, can an mm. esports org be worth a billion dollars? If so, could it be FaZe Clan? If not, who else could it be? And that was a very confusing question. I, I'm sure you can answer it. Though. I am following along now. What's very important to make what a, a very important distinction to make is you're not saying the esports org is in possession of a billion dollars worth of assets, yes, right? Yes, it's a very strong clarification. Yeah, yeah. Valuation wise, is mm. worth is is worth uh, for all audio listeners. I'm I'm. Heavy air my quotes. hands in the air. Heavy air, heavy quotes. air quotes. That's yeah, a better yeah. way to put it. Uh-huh. Worth uh, as of right now, I think it's uh, TSM and Liquid that are, mm. or TSM and Cloud Nine, one of the combinations that's worth four hundred million, and then the other one being Cloud Nine, worth over three hundred million. Still heavy mm. air quotes on that. So some uh, sometime in the future, five to ten years from now, can an esports organization be worth a billion, and could it be Phase? Uh, absolutely. To the first first question, I I would be shocked if. Within the next decade, we don't have an esports org valued at over a billion dollars. There are too many, too many multimillionaires and billionaires involved in the esports industry overall for it not to reach that point where mm-hmm. it's getting inflated, if nothing else, right? Can FaZe Clan do it? Mm, that's where it gets a little, a little touchy because as much as FaZe Clan makes a lot of really smart moves where they are going personality for it first in a lot of ways as opposed to being focused on oh we got to win tournaments to make a, to make our money yeah. right that's great but at the same time it's kind of a double edged sword cuz the personality is causing them so many issues where like banks just got banned from all these hotels i mean it's, it's a very good way yeah. to put it you know yeah. it, it, when it comes time for making the moves to actually get that kind of valuation and right. of course in the midst of the next decade we'll probably have that esports bubble that people keep on talking about mm-hmm. and i think it's a great way to put it because we have the hunter thieves we have especially the phase clan they made such a huge jump from last year not even being on the top valuation org list to now we're being worth supposedly a quarter of a billion dollars they made one of the biggest jumps of anyone out there and that's because they have personalities they have impressions they have views um but all that not being based around a lot of their competitive players, um, which is their personalities and their non-competitive players can cause a lot of issues. That being the guys like Banks or mm-hmm. the hiring of High Sky and the, the Tifu and, and Cloaksy controversies in themselves. I think more so importantly, yes, they're involved in a lot of news and that, that impression, that viewership is worth a lot of money and it will continue to be so as it scales up. Um, but I think my main point is yes, I really do think FaZe Clan is one of those top uh, competitors mm. to actually being the first to reach that org, that org valuation. I think Cloud9 and Liquid, rightfully so. When it comes di- time, though, to actually avoid bad press, because at some point or another, when you're mm. worth... 500 million, 600 million, approaching a billion, and you have really bad press about you, that does hurt your valuations. As of right now, we've not really seen that too much, but I think especially as esports becomes more prolific and more actually, you know, on the front page of things, I think people will take that very seriously. And an organization like FaZe Clan, they take the risks on personalities, and that risk has a reward, but also a backside, like you said, a double-edged sword. And so mm. that's where I'm like, uh, can yeah. they avoid that long you enough? You always got to take into account, though, every industry needs their Kardashians. There's always going to be Maybe that that's one. a better title, FaZe Clan of the Kardashians <laughs> in esports. We should really shift it up right now. Yeah, all right, all right. But yeah, you know, there's always going to be people who are causing problems, who are always in the news for doing X, Y, Z, bad thing that people disagree with. But, you know, as long as they're not doing anything actually crazy, as long as they're not, like, hurting mm. anybody or they're not, like stealing money from people or anything like that, or they're not dropping like hard, hard R's all over the place. As long as it's like subtle controversies, right? Enough to get out there, but not Mm. to hurt. And that's what they've done so far. Um, Alongside that, I mean, we really can't argue. I would say in terms of front runners, they're probably Mm. my number one right now. I know maybe it's crazy to some people out there, but just the partnerships they have made, yeah, they've taken on a lot of investment. They make moves. 
I mean, yeah. they've taken on a lot of investment. So yeah. obviously down the line, we'll see where that goes, how that affects things a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if you partner with a gigantic football club, I believe it's Man United, but it might be yeah, the I'm other one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Man United. Uh, alongside that, people like Offset, you just you partner with such genius partners out there alongside all of their merch drops. They are obviously pushing so many impressions and they're certainly going in the right direction. I think we can both agree it comes down to can you avoid the big, big, bad controversies? Of course. And if they can... Like you said, again, they're making the gigantic steps forward. And at least to me, FaZe Clan could be one of the first esports orgs to be worth a billion. Oh, All no, right. I saw you pull out the controller. <laughs> freaking. Oh, man. Jake has been dreading this moment for the past, like, three months. <laughs> no, for about the past, like, seven minutes. Uh, for, sta- for, for users aware, this next segment's about freaking Stadia because it's now out and Zan got his controller and stuff and he's going to yeah. brag about it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, only a little bit. Let's do the viewers uh, a, a, okay. bit, a bit of a favor here, yeah. guys. If you want to skip forward, uh, do, but I don't think you want to. I think you're going to want to hear this, a little bit of a debate back and forth between the two of us. Mm. Now that Stadia has been released, Zan. Let's give a quick TLDR like you wanted to of what Stadia is yeah. because it is becoming a gigantic thing. It is probably one of the most controversial things in gaming at the moment. And if not Stadia, the idea yeah. of it. The yeah, idea yeah, of it is the, the future. The mere Let's concept. Yeah. 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 So what is it? Yeah, so Stadia is a gaming platform, not a console. I'd say it's closer to a platform or a service where instead of having a console in your mm-hmm. home or a gaming rig, you go to you know Google Stadia website from Google Chrome or you access it through a, a Chromecast or through a Google phone, and you can just play whatever game you want to that's available on the service, on the go, anywhere where you have a decent internet connection. So like say I'm playing Destiny 2 on my uh, on my TV, I can just close that real quick, hop over to my uh, computer, boot it up there. When I tried it out last night, it took about 60 seconds to switch. Seamless. Is that pretty fast compared? Uh, well, I mean, compared to how long it would take me for to uh, boot up Destiny 2 on my PS4, open it, get into the game, close it, open it up on my PC through Steam, it's like, that's like at least 10 minutes probably. We'll leave it up for debate. Yeah. We'll say it's fast, yeah. but again, we'll see. It's fast, it's fast. But anyway, it's it's perfect for anybody who wants to play games of the highest possible quality without investing in a console or a gaming rig, which you know saves you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, right? And yep, but yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Keep on going. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I'll, I'll stay back. <laughs> the main concern that people have is obviously it's a video game streaming over the internet. You don't have the game at your house whatsoever on anything available to you. You're just accessing it from another service, right? Yep. And people are like, hey, will that even work? And I'm here to say it works great. I have potato internet. I only get about maybe 35 down on my Wi-Fi on a good day and plays flawlessly. You could tell if, if I put my console version Destiny 2 right next to the Stadia version, I wouldn't barely be able to tell a difference. The only difference I really am be able to detect is that the Stadia version is running at 60 FPS consistently. Compared to? Compared to, uh, to console Destinies at 30. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. would say you've seen improvement at least with the Destiny 2 side of things? Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've played a little bit of Samurai Showdown, the uh, fighting game available, and I'm not a Sam Show player, so I'm not super familiar with the frame data there, but everything felt like really, really on point. Like if there is lag in Stadia from my experience personally, it's imperceptible. And I've 
spent hundreds of hours in Destiny, I am able to tell. like Which is important because changes. we've seen yeah. a lot of complaints uh, mm -hmm. about this already, uh, whether yeah. they have the basis or the grounds for those complaints. Mm -hmm. I mean, because this is a very controversial thing. Right. Uh, we've seen a lot of channels out there that do, I'll admit, that like to complain about things with maybe very little backing to them. And so uh, what, what else have you noticed so far with the release? We uh, it's, it's There's been a lot of problems on, on release. A lot of people have had issues. Uh, people aren't getting their codes to access the service. People's stadias are have really weird like delivery dates. Some people will order the day of and their console or their controller rather won't arrive until like end of end of November, yeah. early December. Uh, thankfully, our video guy, Pete and I, we ordered like literally the moment the link was live. So we got it like the first day it was available. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, my main concerns so far from my experience, because everything has been great on my end, like the controller is phenomenal. I feel like it's it's got a really good heft to it. I like to think of it as like midway between a PS4 controller and the Xbox Elite controller mm -hmm. um, in terms of comfort and usability. Uh, it's very, I mean, if you want to... And in terms of like, so briefly explain as yeah. well, sorry if I leave sweat prints. I, I get a little no, nervous during the podcast. Um, uh, but with that as well, what is it compatible with in terms of what if I don't want to use a Stadia controller? You can use any controller, any, any keyboard and mouse. As long so as if you I have an you, Xbox slash PS4 slash uh, mouse and keys, I can use whatever I want? Yep, basically. Uh, is, unless you're playing through Chromecast, because I mean, there's no way to plug in yeah. to a Chromecast. And yeah. so obviously, I yeah. think I think there's a big differentiation. We'll keep everyone posted because there yeah. are so many different, you know, this will this will be the future. This will have so many ties to whether it's YouTube or Twitch or other Absolutely. streaming platforms. There, there will be ways this blends in. In. We've talked about xCloud, which is a competitor of this, and I'm sure, as in competition, usually they both get better with it. Because mm -hmm. um, I think we talked about the initial game offerings with Stadia it was not the best. Yeah, it's a little weak, but, but only getting better. It, but it works, and that's all we needed. And, right and now. I think, especially now, this mm -hmm. is not a lot of people out there, but I think, especially for people who don't want to invest into a PC or a console, it's just it's a great offering. And so if they can offer more benefits for those PC users who already are invested into a PC or console, that, that, that defeats a lot of the arguments. Uh, obviously, initial steps, I think, Mike, uh, I think the company overall pr promised a lot. Google promised a they lot. Promised I didn't a mean lot. to speak about Microsoft. But, but they, they promised a lot, but I think they did it. They promised a reasonable amount for this first initial, I, I like to think of it as like, kind of like an early access launch, because this isn't available to the general public yet. Yeah. Yeah, like only if you purchased it, but it's going to be free in uh, about a year. And a lot of the features are there currently. I mean, the important one is there. You can play the games. Yeah, and, and, uh, and to yeah. be fair, I mean, it's it's Google. It's yeah. only going to get better. Uh -huh. And if it doesn't, then it's going to be gone and Microsoft's there with xCloud. Uh, I think my ultimate point is I'm mm -hmm. a doubter. I'm, I, mm -hmm. I got to, you know, be the opposite guy here. Right. But at the very end of the day, the two titans in this this new platform, whatever you want to call yeah, it. the streaming, the console streaming. It's Google streaming and Microsoft. Games, yeah. It's only going to Although, get better. Amazon just announced today that they're launching their own video game streaming service in 2020. We're noticing a real big trend here yeah. with these three titans out there. Like PlayStation already has their game streaming service on, like, available. Okay, it's gonna, a okay, million right, users. Great. It's gonna now. It's just gonna be. It's just yeah. too much, too uh -huh. fast. Anyway, Stadia. Uh -huh. uh, I would say debatable it's reviews good. it now, but it's 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 getting better. Mm. And uh, Zan will keep you posted in the future about you any know, updates. I I should tell you, I was so close to getting a shirt that just says Zan was right. Jeez. About Stadia on it? Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. Hey, so far as my experience is concerned, yeah, hell yeah, I was right. <laughs> All right, Xana, for this next one is about another topic that starts with an F, not quite FaZe Clan, this being 
a Fortnite. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, we talked about this by the time this podcast goes live about a week ago, and I love bouncing thoughts of you on this podcast, and I think people generally can agree with a lot of your opinions. Sometimes you make some brash ones, but... Let's, no, let's, I, can't, I, can't, I can't always be reasonable. Let's bounce this <laughs> off you. So there's a bit of a rumor going around called the Fortnite Age Gate. Uh, mm. There's not too much backing to it, but yes. a couple Intel channels did talk about this. And so it kind of corresponds to the same timing of the COPPA. Uh, that's the Child's Protection uh, Act that's in place now on YouTube, which kind of regulates the advertisements placed towards kids, as well as, I think, videos placed towards kids that are 13 and under. Yep. And so within the same two weeks of that happening, now we have these rumors popping up about Fortnite. And I don't think there's any real backing to it. But let me get your thoughts on this. Uh, the initial rumor talks about how apparently players, there's going to be an age verification process through Fortnite, and players who are not 13 years old it was this bold. Sources out there were saying that your account would be deleted. First thoughts off that, how skeptical are you of it? Are you a believer? There is no way that's happening. And that's like, literally not. And that's why no. I get confused why these kind of things start spurring around. I did. I tried to warn people and say this is likely very much uh -huh. not true. Mm -hmm. Epic Games loves their lawsuits, and there's no way they're going to all of a sudden have hundreds of millions of dollars of skins on tens yeah. of millions of accounts just go gone. Yeah, you can't do that. Like... And so, not, yeah, that's not viable and at so all. I'm, I'm trying to present a theory. I don't know <laughs> if you can think of one right. off the, off the top of your it. head, Go but I'm trying to present other theories out there of why this might be a thing, but yeah. not really going to affect Fortnite in any meaningful way. My two theories were this. You can maybe attest with one of mine or go off on one of your own. I'll try and give you hopefully a minute or two to... to get one. Um, but the first thing I have is this age verification process can be bypassed through parental consent um, or other means. We talked about how in China they really were really restricting gameplay for right. minors, uh -huh. but there were so many workarounds. Yeah, there was a bunch of people just sharing like, accounts or just having somebody log yeah, in for what's, them. What's to like, say yeah. Fortnite doesn't have an age verification process where you can enter any date on the wheel? See, that would be fine, but at the same time, they can't like just... That'd be easy to get around, of course. If yes. they add any kind of age verification, people are going to find a way around Steam it. has the same thing for viewing some pages. You know, yeah, if you go to yeah, a game definitely. that's rated M, you can mm -hmm. enter any date. Right. I can yeah, go back to 1964, and they're like, okay. There's no way they're going to retroactively say, oh, yeah, you know, you say that your account is, uh, you say you're 10. Yeah, under these new rules, you can't, you can't play Fortnite. Play. Yeah, they, they're, like, they're not going to. They're not. It, it does have apparently some of these these strings that were leaked as well. There's mm. an age verification check failed, and so no one knows what happens if you if you're not 13, right? Well, it's probably the same thing that happens anywhere else. It says, "Oops, sorry, can't play." Re-enter new data. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, right? Like, oh, <laughs> did you mean to say 13? Like, <laughs> can you count the dates properly? Like, Are you sure you're not 13? <laughs> You really yeah. want to be. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Until you get it right. It might might be a great if you, idea. If you want to play, <laughs> maybe stroll the wheel back. Yeah, <laughs> go go to this date. <laughs> like it has all yeah. the right dates yeah, in right. green. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything below that is red, like bright red. Like you can't even see the date. It's just like red, red it's spots. Just smudges. Yeah, yeah. Don't click this. And my second theory was actually an age verification for their competitive scene. So maybe separating accounts that want to compete in cash cups or other competitive tournaments, they're like, hey, we need to verify that you were 13 because, uh, by the way, shout out to High Sky, he was competing illegally when he was 11 and 12 years old, mm. and we gave him prize pools when we weren't supposed to. That is my theory that I'm leaning towards, but even then, yeah, I guess the third theory is yeah. just fake. You yeah, know? I don't know how viable even that is because, I mean, because even if they implement that for for specifically like situation like high skies yeah people are going to get around that yeah and so to actually verify from like a legal perspective or like to protect themselves if that was their aim here 
Uh, they would have to like get an actual human being looking at documents to verify that, oh, this person is indeed over older than 13 years it's old. It's extremely tough. So yeah. let's let's give you three options, man. You mm. choose from the three. Right, it's shoot. fake. Yeah. It's for competition. Mm -hmm. Or it's a thing that's going to be happening, but you can easily bypass it. I think it's most likely that they were testing this. If anything, they'll put in like a super light check. And you know what? Actually, it might be because of this. So Epic is using their own launcher for mobile. Like we, I think we talked about it very briefly um, for Fortnite and... Uh, I didn't know this actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for uh, Fortnite on your phone, you can't get it from the Google Play Store. You have to download Epic Games' unique launcher. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what they might be doing is implementing some kind of system just to protect themselves from that aspect now that they're running that storefront as mm -hmm. well as their other Epic Games launcher storefront. It might be a legal thing to just add like another layer of, hey, you are signing off that you are indeed 13, therefore we can't be held liable oh, if something happens. Yeah, you know? that could be another thing as well. Mm -hmm. Either way, mystery continues. We'll keep you guys posted. Yep. Uh, there's several theories out there. I would actually lean towards fake right now, mm -hmm. if not for competitive. But obviously, you guys can also leave your thoughts down below. Fortnite, 13 years and older, I don't think it's happening. Okay, this might be brief because it is more or less me just checking in with the Chinese streaming scene. And I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of very unique uh, avenues that they're following. Ah, and yeah. do you? Yeah, and do you? Love those guys. Uh huh. Uh huh. Number one and two in the Chinese streaming scene. Do For you? For a lot of people that don't know, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you is, is essentially where Twitch is at, and who, who is probably like, they're like a little bit higher than where YouTube is at streaming wise. They're pretty. They're pretty neck and neck. Oh, do you is number one. Yeah, do you is number one. Interesting. Currently, yeah. By like, but it's it's very minuscule. And interestingly enough, while we're talking about it, Huya actually makes more money than do you. Even that, though they're number two in terms of like interesting viewer, do they have more yeah, exclusivity with leagues and such? Mm -mm. Just make more money? No, yeah. Apparently, they just have higher engagement, like by mm. order of magnitude. Like the average person who spends uh, money on Huya makes uh, spends about thirty dollars. Interesting. Yeah, which is you know this doesn't happen very often. But anyway, the important parts here that I wanted to touch on is a certain aspects that I think the Western streaming market could adapt. For example, Huya apparently is, has decided to focus on mobile users and mobile esports. Wow, Huya has. Yeah, that's probably pretty smart. I think yeah. we talked about this because in in my briefs, I know mm. it's gonna be tough to keep it brief because this is just the streaming wars is so entertaining to me. Right, of course. Uh, I think it's very smart to, inter to actually focus on mobile, especially where they're at in mm. China. Makes mm. perfect sense from that sense. Along with all that, we have all these signings going on. I told you about this. You know, I, I do believe that any mm -hmm. a lot of p big money can enter the scene still and compete possibly with Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Right, but right. with all these signings out there, these streamers are now held under contract and even bigger buyouts, which is mm -hmm. my worry. Mm -hmm. And so when you say that for Huya, I, I, I find that to be genius. They stay in their current market for now. They can expand later when maybe these contracts expire and they focus on the biggest market right now in China, which is mobile. You know, it's also interesting though. Apparently, Huya has an overseas branch called Nemo TV. What it, do you mean by overseas? Here? Yeah, here and Nemo? In, in Latin America. Nemo that, spelled not like the oh, fish. Oh, Nemo. Oh. Yeah, not, not like the fish. N-I-M-O TV. And surprisingly, they've passed YouTube in our stream for mobile gaming. In our stream for mobile gaming, okay? Yeah, you sound yeah. like a freaking misleading Kotaku article. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's label that, all right? Yeah, our in streamed. our streamed yeah. 
for YouTube for for mobile games for YouTube. Yeah, they they've outpaced YouTube. To YouTube, me, that's not very impressive. It is not because no one's streaming mobile from YouTube. Exactly, but the market's there. And apparently the viewership is like loving that they're eating. Well, that the up. market's there for streaming. Is the viewership there? Are the viewing oh, yeah. hours yeah, also? Yeah, the, the, view, the viewing hours. They're not like obviously. They're that that that. Well, English is hard. Anyway, yeah, the I numbers. The numbers. Oh, can you? Can you really? Yes. Yeah. I think it's fun when you mess up sometimes. Uh, 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 oh, I thought you said you can do it fine. Never no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay, but anyway, so no, yeah, we don't, we don't have that. exact viewer, viewer viewership numbers, but we do know that. In terms of streamers, people are going there, and the viewership isn't bad, at the very least. Yeah. Right. I mean, that sounds yeah. like Mixer, because Mixer has more streaming hours than YouTube, but of way course, less viewing course. hours, which is important. But hey. But, but Hui is actually making good money. So I mean. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Mixer's not? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that same note, on, on, in terms of what Mixer is doing, and ex we were just talking about exclusivity for streamers, apparently Duyu has a practice of specifically to mitigate one of their top streamers getting poached, they apparently have something called a, uh, a talent development system where they work closely with second and third tier streamers over there specifically for the purpose of, say, their number one guy gets poached, they have another person waiting in the wings. They can just slot right in and be like, hey, you're the, you're the new face of Do You. Wow, no pressure. No, no, yeah. That's a very interesting, yeah, right? That's. I mean, that might be the same thing that, you know, you see, maybe see other platforms uh, integrate, but like, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, clearly. very much not openly, but not that's, like just. That's very interesting to have that in mm. place. Yeah, as as that this is their this is their practice. This is what they do. Yeah. This is the policy. And along with that as yeah. well, I, I I do I do really feel, especially with the viewership over there and especially in the mobile market, they mm -hmm. have so many opportunities. It's just about how they go about it and how, how much time it takes to get there. Yeah. Uh, we also know who you uh who ya who you who ya who ya dude, it's just confusing. Yeah, there's, they're also there's too many things named yeah. like way I close mean, to each other. They're they're pretty big investors into ESL. I do yeah. believe when it comes to Chinese exclusivity, ESL events are typically on Huya, yeah, from I what so. I heard, so yeah. that's also a gigantic thing mm -hmm. going for them. Yeah, I they think, put thirty million. Yeah, into the thirty ESL. million shares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, it really will come down to when they do expand to this side of things, how they do it, because uh, I'm getting crossover, man. If crossover from Twitch to Mixer is that bad for uh, Shroud and Ninja, imagine uh, what it would be for Huya. So. I, Apparently, apparently, it's a little better. Actually, I, was, I don't know. I was I'm with I, you I, for a little bit here, man. Numbers, but I don't know. Numbers are obviously. If you haven't heard us talk about Chinese viewership numbers before, they're oh, sketchy. True. They're sketchy. But, but there's a lot of them. But I was just reading about this guy named what's his what's his name? Did I still include that? Anyway, yeah, the number one uh, arena of valor player actually moved from Du Yu to Huya, I believe. Yeah. And he managed to keep a really good part of his viewership, like way larger than Shroud. If the and, numbers and, are to be and people are definitely going to be like, well, obviously he changed Chinese streaming platforms uh, uh -huh. to a different Chinese streaming platform. Well, no. I mean, you look at Twitch to Mixer, the fall off has been like 70% of your yeah. viewership. So that is very impressive. The numbers I saw say he brought over 7 million subscribers and he kept over 60% of his consistent viewers. But my worry yeah. is if we had seen Ninja go from Twitch to Huya, the mm. crossover would have been nil, even though Mixer's been pretty bad. That's what I get right. worried when you go to mm. cross-regional. Like, Huya is a Chinese streaming platform. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I don't think at this point they could just poach somebody like that. But yeah. once, once they're over here, maybe. I think, or maybe this war is they waging, may, man. They may not even want to. They might just say, "Hey, Twitch, YouTube, y'all do your thing. We're just going to take the whole mobile market." 
Yeah, the whole, all of China, all of mobile, and that's that's probably oh, all you need. Even even like over here, they could probably take our mobile market because YouTube and Twitch for streaming like mobile stuff is not great. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you don't even need to like. Yeah. God dang, who ya and do you? Mm-hmm. And Nemo TV and <laughs> said no ever. <laughs> all right, Zan had a video about this man, and I think I all mistitled right. it. All right. But it still did pretty well. Not uh, enough exclamation points. <laughs> no, no. And I didn't capitalize every other letter. I didn't oh, capitalize. See, I, it's, I'm an it's, idiot. It's YouTube. You gotta capitalize every other word. Yes. Throw in like a random a exclamation sign. point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, freaking uh-huh. a man. We're talking about luminosity gaming. And speaking uh, of dollar yeah. signs, uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm probably gonna get angry here, man. Yeah. And so it, we now know how much luminosity gaming makes. And I keep looking down because I don't oh, want to get any stats wrong. A lot of money. <laughs> How much do they make? Uh, well, it's it's not near as much as you probably think, mm. especially when compared to the upper orgs out there. But we now do know that Luminosity Gaming, at least in some years, were profitable. Mm. And it's very curious because I'm actually not going to go towards the amount they make. I'm going to go towards a bit of a worry for their future. So we look back, they're two profitable years, Zan. And I know I kind of just spit information at you and expect it to stick. Uh, but, but for 2016 and 2018, they were profitable. In 2016, they made under a million dollars, right around 850k. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Pretty good mm-hmm. chunk of change, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a pretty still I was, respectable. Yeah, it's a Brazilian org. It's more, one of the more well-known ones. But in terms of esports organizations, they're they're pretty small. I'd say mid-tier in terms of size compared yeah. to. I'd say that's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. I'd say they're like a tier two org. And so yeah. to profit nearly a million dollars, that's pretty impressive. 2018, it drops down to under 200 thousand dollars. They lost money in 2017, not too much, but overall for a year of work, they lost money. And so what worries me, especially when you look towards their streams of revenue, they're bringing in right around three to $4 million a year. Mm. And what worries me as well, when you look back to the years they were profitable, 2016, they had the best Brazilian CSGO lineup in the entire world. Right. It made, it made for great sponsorships because Brazil is crazy loyal and they brought in nearly a million dollars just in sponsorships alone that year. Later on that year, they sold the CSGO roster for another million, and that led to why they made nearly a million dollars in 2016. Ever since then, they have now, uh, in 2019 this year, left CSGO. They've now kind of shifted their niche towards Fortnite streaming. As we all know, they, they actually, Fortnite's kind of a, I wouldn't say a dying game, but a declining game. And they found their niche because they signed some very good World Cup players and some mm. very good Fortnite streamers. Although this is for the year of 2018, so World Cup was not around then, their Fortnite streamers, I would say, was a very lucky niche. And they still, their, their revenue plummeted mm-hmm. to under 200K. The meat of this argument I'm trying to make here is this. This is an organization who's bringing in now less than $4 million per year and just last year brought in less than $200,000 in profit. Right. That was without investing into a franchise league. And so now we look towards 2019, mm-hmm. where Luminosity Gaming, during their merger with Enthusiast Gaming, has now dropped 25 plus million dollars. An organization who made less than 200K last year has just now invested 25 million into an unknown Call of Duty franchise league. Yes, they merged, so it's not all their cash, it's actually probably none of it, but, is it not insane to you to think that a company saw this financial yeah. record and mm-hmm. they thought, hmm, LG, less than 200K 2018, 25 million spent 2019. We'll make it back. We'll make it back. I think companies are looking at the way that things panned out with the League of Legends franchise league, where if you look at the prices for LCS spots uh, like the two or three years ago, yeah. it was at like it was in that ten million range. Okay, and now we've, we're seeing them go up to easily like into the thirties, you know. Very, very strong fireback, Sam. Very strong fireback, and I appreciate you for that because I honestly didn't expect you to come up with that. 
But I look towards a yeah. team who, by yeah. the way, in terms of sponsorships, mm. the fall off ever since 2016. 2016 was a great year for sponsors. Yeah, nearly a million in sponsors. Now yeah. they're making less than 200,000 in sponsors. Mm. So they're making less year in, year out. They dropped 25 million. But we know the viewership of Call of Duty. Right. And, to say, and, and the baseline, the baseline for Call of Duty in viewership is probably around, I, I, this, this could be far-fetched, but maybe 10% of what League of Legends is. And the base price, the starting price for League of Legends was $10 million. Call of Duty's entry point is $25 million. So to say that it's going to be worth yeah. $75 million, you know, the league, uh, league spots went from $10 million. Echo Fox just sold their spot for $30 million. To say that Call of Duty with this viewership will triple the amount of $25 million buy-in prices in franchise uh, spots to $75 million? I think I think honestly, how do you look at this companies companies are probably banking on the fact that oh it worked out kind of similarly so worst case we sell our spot in the league for like a little bit more than we bought it for like let's say let's say let's be conservative right and say they sell their it's spot pissing me off thinking about they it they buy the spot at 25 mil right and they sell it at 35 then they're probably still like all right well I mean, there's a little bit of money After down taxes, the drain taxes yeah yeah maybe break even yeah it's like you know it's not great but at the same time i'm sure a lot of companies will see it as a worthwhile business adventure do these companies owners did they play call of duty as a kid and just have a dream to just that waste probably, money in the game I mean, we know that's kind of how a lot of esports like scenes kind of start in weird ways i mean not, let's be honest yeah. like wang sakong from invictus gaming mm -hmm. they're ne he's never going to run out of money mm -hmm. so if he loves video games he can dump it Enthusiast yeah, why Gaming, why not? Why I'm not, not sure like, if they're ran by mm. by Wang Sakong. I doubt mm. it. I doubt they're mm. ran by a billionaire. But there's plenty of people who are multimillionaires who just have a huge passion for gaming and probably grew up on Call of Duty. It, it just really baffles so, me. Yeah. I mean, it is it is kind of insane. I definitely agree because there's nothing that says that Call of Duty is worth this amount of money, especially after the kind of like mixed reaction that Modern Warfare has been getting in the yeah, past couple weeks. Let alone the like, franchise. Mm -hmm. Look at the game. It changes yeah. every year. Mm -hmm. We can have a terrible game this year, let alone yeah. next. Yeah, it's a risky proposition, though, no matter how you look at it. But I mean, how many other franchise leagues are popping up? Probably not a ton left because we, we might have a Rocket League. Well, league. well. Yeah. I don't mean to correct you, yeah, but it, there, it is probably a pretty popular thing. But to your point, mm. they're so much cheaper. Like mm. Rocket League will be way cheaper. Crossfire, oh, yeah, absolutely. 1.5 million. At the same time, they don't have that brand recognition that Call of Duty has. But they do have mm. probably close to the same viewership, which leads to brand viewership recognition. Viewership-wise, yeah, of course. Maybe not the but player base. I'll give you that. It's very, it's very possible that they're, look, they're aiming for like a specific audience, right? Because like, Rocket League is probably, I don't know, let's say that like 12 to 24 demo. Right, like where Call of Duty, yeah. Call of Duty probably skews a little bit er older and skews into the part of the market that's more willing to spend money because they have more money to spend because they're working, they're already in the middle of their careers. Yeah, their their target could be that those groups of people. Yeah, I I do think it's very interesting. Mm. I I just I would love I would love so much to mm. sit down with one of the investors or one of the big companies out there who chose Call of Duty League, and no, I would love hear... to pick their mind on uh -huh. their reasonings, you know? Yeah, it would be interesting. I wouldn't even want to pick them apart. I just want mm. to hear their side of things. Mm. Um, one last point to your point as well. Rocket League would be way cheaper, but maybe not the same brand recognition. Right. Crossfire the same way. Uh, we had another one slip up here as well. Uh, CSGO could be having, having one, which is way cheaper. They got great brand recognition, so I'm just saying. Yeah, but at the same time, CSGO is not Call of Duty. CSGO, oh, the way you argue it's Call like, of Duty it's, like it's some kind of god-tier game. It okay, is great. Yeah, I'm not, I don't like Call of Duty right now. I'm not playing Modern Warfare. I like, I like, I respect CSGO a lot, but if, you, if I walked into my house right now and I talked to my grandmother and I was like, have you heard of CSGO? She'd be like, what did you say? Okay. If I said, have you heard of Call of Duty? She's like, oh, yeah, that's the... 
that's the video game. That's the but video game. game sales, <laughs> brand recognition, uh -huh. game sales, most of these sales, they're not mm -hmm. going back to LG. They're mm -hmm. going back to Activision and those boys. Oh, absolutely. And so that your grandma's not buying a Call of Duty shirt mm -hmm. for the LA Optic or the LA Gorillas. Is yeah, your you're certainly not a wrong, but like, hey, yeah, the point, the point is always going to be like, it's just like CSGO is like big for esports people. Call of Duty has wider reach outside of that demographic, I feel. And we're going to find out, Sam, mm -hmm. if that reach is worth 25 plus million. All right, Jake. So I'm going to throw a curveball your way. Oh, no. And... I don't know if I have the energy for a curve. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not. Well, I was going to say it's not that crazy, but it's pretty crazy. Um, so and you're going to know what I'm talking about as soon as I say the name. NetEase. Oh, We're talking my. about the future of gaming right here. The future of gaming is in pig farming. Are you really bringing pork into this? Yeah, I'm bringing pork into this. Pork is big in esports now. Have you not talked to Censor? Did you not? Censor? Oh, frick me. I didn't realize you were going to do this. Did you? Uh, by the way, I deleted this video. So uh -huh. this is just... Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was not oh, popping. So. Oh, it yeah, wasn't popping, sure. so Fair now play. it's for you and me to talk Fair about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about the piggies, man. Okay, so NetEase is a huge company in China, one of the biggest game companies over there. One of the few companies I'd say is probably able to stand close to shoulder to shoulder with Tencent in terms of how much money and how much power they have over their specific niche of the industry. I, to be fair, I wouldn't say they're anywhere close, but of anyone else, they are the closest. No, yeah, yeah. Um, they're known as the second uh, largest mm. Chinese gaming company, huge in mobile, mm. just titles yeah, on titles. Just killing it, killing it, killing the game, right? Uh, they also- Truly killing it. Yeah. <laughs> they're killing a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, and they uh, they they own the Shanghai Dragons and all that, right? But uh, I actually and, didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been nice to know uh -huh. for my video. <laughs> Freak me! Oh, yeah. You should have asked. You should have run it back to me. Like, hey, God, do they have that any made connects? The video like, a lot yeah. better, dude. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah, but Freak. anyway. <laughs> so uh, earlier this week, they were they kind of revealed the next level of their low key side hustle, where they're opening up their fourth pig farm. This one hosting over a hundred thousand pigs. It will grow to that size. That is yeah, and it's a lot of meat. Let me run that back real quick for anybody who thought I said I said first. This is their fourth, number four. This is their fourth pig farm for this gaming company. <laughs> that is, they're just chilling over here, like yeah, you know, we like. Uh, apparently, the the CEO just really yeah, likes raising pigs. It's the so founder, it's like, yeah, and mm -hmm. it's literally a side hobby to yeah. To make a lot of money, they uh, even had. I talked about this as well. I don't mm -hmm. mean to steal thunder. No, no, you're good. I just you're think good. it's a very curious story that no one's really ever going to catch on to or talk mm. about too often. So I want to get my words out. Yeah, sure. They had a round of funding for this. Yeah, <laughs> and they raised over twenty-two million dollars in uh -huh. funding. That that's more than what COD teams could raise to yeah, even right? pay for the league spots. Right? That's like that's like the kind of funding that a hundred thieves got in their yeah. like series. Like, <laughs> and it's likely other Chinese uh -huh. gaming uh, tied people. Like, it's probably oh, yeah. other ti titans in in the scene, but they're mm -hmm. probably somewhat tied to gaming as well. Mm -hmm. They're raising twenty two million for other pig farms. Like, this dude is taking over. We yeah. talked about real estate in China. Mm -hmm. These real estate moguls who are also in esports, mm -hmm. and now we got pig moguls. No, yeah, this dude, the CEO, apparently just rolls up to like you know CEOs and everybody. They talk, they have dinner together. He just rolls up to like an industry bigwigs meal with a bunch of his pigs like already prepared. Are you for real? Right yeah, now? for real. He just rolls in and is like, yo, yo I got dinner. I oh my God, that's freaking great. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, this whole thing is insane. Cause I mean, it's not like, it's not like he's just rolling up with like a little dinky farm or anything. He goes- 100,000 pigs, he goes, a pop. He goes hard. Like these farms, the very, his first farm apparently has a bamboo forest, a tea garden, a hog house with artificial intelligence tech, full Wi-Fi coverage, and the pigs at the farm also have their own music albums to listen to. Not only that, but they also learn how to use the toilets and clean themselves. What the frick are pigs doing? <laughs> yeah, right? What movie is that? 
that we talked about? You know what I'm movie. talking about. The movie where the parents turned to pigs. Spirited away. Spirited away, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's <laughs> it's like the Netties founder uh-huh. found a bunch of people. He he lured them away to his fourth piglet farm, yeah. fed them buffets, and now they're all actual people, and that's why they listen to their music, they mm-hmm. clean themselves, yeah, and then right. he feeds those people. It's wild. To he other gives Chinese them Wi-Fi. <laughs> like no wonder they <laughs> eat these human things because they're humans. Yeah, honestly, it it's so wild. Apparently, these are like specialized pigs too. They're called Jiju black pigs that have a, like a unique taste to them. It's like, dude is just like coming really through. Really thinking. Yeah, yeah. And the, apparently the whole reason they're uh, they're doubling down on this side hustle of theirs is because uh, obviously the pork industry has been growing tremendously in uh, China over the past few years. And they just finished about with the African swine flu. So the number of pigs severely decreased. So now homies just coming through and be like, oh, well, you know, I can yeah, just don't fill worry. that gap. You know, my special Gigi black pigs won't get the African swine flu. Yeah, and making plenty of money yeah. doing so. I just love Holding having banks. I, I love covering the Chinese news because mm. all the stories we covered, they seem to go full circle in a sense or another mm. of other stories we touch on. Yeah. It seems that a lot of these Chinese gaming companies are so tied to others in yeah. China. So I yeah. think it's very cool. And China's a relatively small country at the end of the day. So it's not surprising that all the all the big wigs know each other. Yeah, it's like Wang Sekong from mm. uh, Invictus Gaming, mm. you know, the one of the wealthiest billionaire sons in China. He has sued Netties before. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know which way it went, but it's uh-huh. so funny. I think at the end of the day, if this was EA or some company, we'd mm. be freaking out. So I, Yeah, I, it'd be so weird. And so, of course, we're going to freak out when these guys, they're, they're geniuses. You know, mm. they are really diversifying themselves to stay in gaming, hopefully, and doing a great job doing so. Before we, before we close this segment out, I want to read a quick quote from the CEO Frickin'. of Netties. Uh, his name is Ding Li. Ding Lei. I, I don't know. I, I hope I pronounced that close to correct. I think he actually yeah. goes by... I saw some places he saying he was going William, William but yeah. I was I couldn't verify that, so I didn't want to just throw it out there. William. Yeah. If 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 Will, if you're out there, if you're listening, <laughs> drop us a line. Let us know what to call you. Anyway, <laughs> quote from him. He says, pigs at our production base use the toilets, sleep in apartments. They never take injections and medicines. In other words, their living habits are healthier than many people. Besides, they enjoy exclusive feed, which is provided by nutrition experts from home and abroad. I can say that the pigs are happier than pandas, except for the fact that they will be eaten by people. Jesus, that's a freaking line. Yeah, right? Pigs are happier than pandas, but they'll be eaten by people. Yeah, aside from this one asterisk that you add to the end of it. Yo, Willie's a dog. China yeah. is crazy. Uh-huh, right? As per usual, though, we hope you guys all enjoy this episode of the Esports Rewind Podcast. Zan, anything to closing statements? I know you got some. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I like to do my housekeeping at the end of the podcast. So as always, do not forget, if you like to listen to the Esports Rewind and want to hear us on the go, so you're not just have YouTube open on your phone, you got the window, you're driving, you're getting distracted, don't do that. Yeah. Listen to the audio version of the podcast through the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network right here on the desk, P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Uh, if you want to go download the Esports Rewind there, it always it helps support via the podcast. You know, we got some ads going there. Tons of other esports stuff there too to check out. If you're listening to the audio version, thank you guys. Check us out on YouTube. We're thank at you. Esports Talk. Uh, we're on Twitter. Hit us up in the DMs. We had a couple. We had a big story last week actually that was uh, from an DM inspired. Yeah, DM inspired. People reach out. We always love it when you guys reach out. As um, per usual, you guys can also check out the site as well on the YouTube yeah. channel where we just tire ourselves out every single week. Yep. But we really do enjoy you guys listening to the Esports Rewind podcast same Absolutely. time every single week. Until then, take care of yourselves, guys, and thank you all for watching. Have a good one. We'll be back. Nobody builds 5G. 
like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.